0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to more Shooting the Schmidt, And I am absolutely stoked for today's episode. I cannot... Whew, it's it's going to be a good one. College football, what a weekend. The NFL is back. Week 1 actually ends tonight with Monday Night Football. The Ravens taking on the Raiders of Las Vegas. So, whole lot going on. It's football season. We're, we're back in full swing. It's starting to get cold outside. Ooh, it's, it is... The best time of the year, without a doubt. So we're going to start in college football. We're going to highlight kind of the three big games of the weekend, and then we're going to look ahead a little bit. You know, usually we don't we don't look ahead till Wednesday and Friday, but week three it's it's Judgment Day for for some of these teams. So here we go. So let's start with the big noon game. You know, over on Fox, Ohio State and Oregon, and man. Oregon absolutely dominated Ohio State. Now I know the final score, 35 28. Score doesn't show how great this Oregon team played. They ran all over the Ohio State defense. Okay, they didn't throw the ball very well, but they didn't have to. Okay. So the, the starting quarterback for Oregon Brown, he went 17 of 35. That's a completion percentage of less than 50%. So he's seventeen of thirty five, two hundred and thirty six yards, two touchdowns, no INTs didn't matter. They didn't have to throw the ball. The offensive line for Oregon just moved Ohio State. They ran for 269 yards. C.J. Verdell, kid can play. Averaged averaged eight yards a carry. Okay, it was really impressive. Okay, Oregon won this game in the trenches for Ohio State, man. Like, C.J. Stroud, he's got to improve. He does, all right? You know, I think that we have these unrealistic expectations for these young freshmen, true freshman and redshirt freshman quarterbacks because we, we look at Alabama and we see all the success that they've had with young quarterbacks, right? But here's the thing, you got to remember, Alabama is the exception, not the rule. When it comes to just about everything in college football, but especially when it comes to young quarterbacks, look, most, most young quarterbacks, they're up and down, okay? They are a, an absolute... Roller-coaster ride. One week, you know, they're awesome. They're completing 70% of their passes for 350 yards and four touchdowns, no picks. And then there's some weeks, like this week, where, you know, Stroud just wasn't great. You know, I know that, you know, if you look at his numbers, you know, they look great. I think he's like you know, like 31 for like 50, like 350 yards, a few touchdowns, one pick late. But he just he didn't look good if you watched the game. And this is what happens with... Young quarterbacks. Some weeks they look great, some weeks they don't. But And look, like the offensive line, I wasn't super impressed with either. I thought Oregon really just dominated in the trenches. They won the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. And look, that's exactly what Mario Cristobal does. It's, he, he recruits offensive and defensive linemen as well as anybody in the country not named Nick Saban. And yeah, I was really impressed with Oregon. And look, the ego came out, right? Oregon struggles week 1 with Fresno State. UCLA beats LSU and then all this talk is about, you know, UCLA this, UCLA that, how great they looked. And Oregon just had to come out. They they had to remind the people the Pac-12 championship runs through Eugene, Oregon. It doesn't run through Los Angeles yet. It runs through Eugene, Oregon. They are still the top dog in the Pac-12. And look, this is the most excited I've been for the Pac-12 in years. So, you know, the Pac-12 really showing out so far this year. It's going to be interesting to see how that conference kind of shakes out. So, let's move on to a Big Ten, Big 12 matchup, Iowa-Iowa State. And look, I'm I'm just going to say it. I told y'all, this Iowa State team, overrated. They overachieved last year. They were overhyped this year. Look, this is a really good team, not a playoff team, okay? Okay. This, now, let's, let's talk about Iowa, because Iowa is just, they are incredible. Nothing short of it, especially on the defensive side of the ball. This Iowa defense is so legit. They forced four turnovers, and that's why they won. Okay, they, they pick off Brock Purdy th- three times. They force a fumble. Look, four turnovers. Anytime you can force four turnovers, you're probably going to win, and that's exactly why Iowa won. You know, they held Iowa State to under 100 yards rushing. You know, their offense, that's really the concern here. Wasn't great. It wasn't great. But then again, like, it doesn't have to be when you force four turnovers. Okay, if if I have the ball eight times and you only have it four, then I'm probably going to beat you no matter what we're doing, right? So, really impressed with this Iowa defense. This Iowa offense, though, they've got to figure it out. You You cannot consider this Iowa team... A playoff team until this offense just kind of until they figure it out right I mean here let me let me pull up their numbers real quick obviously like like I said they, they didn't have to be great the defense definitely you know paved the way for them to win this week but look when you play the Ohio States of the world which you know the way it's looking you know they're probably going to meet in, in the Big Ten Championship game the offense is going to have to find a way To put up points. Like their quarterback did not play well. 11 for 21. Only 106 yards and a touchdown. A quarterback rating of 33. That is. That's awful. Now I know like this Iowa State defense. It's good. But still like. That's really really bad. They didn't run the ball super great. They ran the ball 39 times. And only. Only picked up 67 yards. I mean. This offense is is a problem. They're going to have to figure it out. If they're. Going to reach their full potential. Because like, like this defense, I I think it's it's a playoff level defense. But at the end of the day, like I said, if the offense can't can't figure it out, they're going to be playing in a really nice bowl game somewhere, knowing that, hey, like we could be playing in in the college football playoff. So offense, figure it out if you're in Iowa. Now here we go. This is the game that I've just been bursting to talk about. Arkansas absolutely running 15th-ranked Texas out of the building, blowing their doors off. I mean, they just absolutely dominated Texas. Like, this wasn't even a contest. Okay, everyone, you know, from national media, Arkansas fans, Texas fans, I think that the expectation was this is going to be close, and Texas is probably going to squeak it out. You know, they kick a last-second field goal. You know, they score late kind of thing, right? Whoever has the ball last kind of game. And that is not what happened. Arkansas dominated the line of scrimmage on offense. The push that they were getting was absolutely ridiculous. Arkansas hasn't ran the ball this well since Sam Pittman was the offensive line coach at Arkansas. (laughs) You know, five, six, seven years ago. And, man, it was so impressive. The Arkansas defense, the way that the linebackers played downhill, was super impressive. That looks like it's going to be the strength of this Arkansas defense this year. And that's saying a lot because they got some dudes in the secondary who can play the nose guard for Arkansas, tore it up. I mean, it was really impressive to see this Arkansas defense and how fast they were sideline to sideline. I mean, you know you know, this Arkansas team was tired of hearing about Robinson coming into this game, and man, they smacked him around. Like I said, Arkansas linebackers, absolutely incredible. But I, I have to be honest here. I was disappointed in Texas. I was disappointed in Sar- Sarkeesian. I just figured that he would be more creative in how they got Robinson the ball. You know, this is their star running back. You know, after week one against U- ULL, people were talking Heisman. And Look, like, when they were playing ULL in week one, they were throwing him the ball out of the backfield. I think he had, like, four receptions for 70 yards. They didn't even try to do that this week. Like, there was no concerted effort to try and use his ability to catch the ball and to get him out in space because the way that Arkansas was playing, they were committed to the run through and through and, you know, maybe try some sw- – I was just expecting some swing passes or something just to get him out in space because, man, he was tough to tackle. I mean, you know, he they'd hand the ball off, he'd make one guy miss, and thankfully, you know, there, there are three or four other Razorbacks there to, to make the tackle. But, yeah, I was really surprised at the lack of creativity that Texas showed in, in trying to get Robinson the ball. But, man, the Arkansas offensive line – that's really kind of what what stole the show. They pushed Texas around, and man, Arkansas has got five guys who can carry the football. When you include KJ Jefferson, like this team ran for over three hundred yards and didn't have a single one hundred yard rusher. That is really really hard to do. I was really impressed with KJ Jefferson. You know, young redshirt sophomore quarterback. He played well. You know, he he did have the one interception, and I, man, when he threw it, I was like, oh man, here we go. This is this is where the the tables turn. You know, great great play by the the Texas safety jumping the the quick slant, but look he bounces back th- throws a forty four yard bomb. You know the the second play of the next drive. But all in all, great game from Arkansas, but Texas, good luck. You're you're coming you're coming to the SEC. You just got pushed around by a bottom tier SEC team. And here's the thing, Texas. You're getting a break this week, okay? You're going to play Rice, and then you got like have like Texas Tech, and then you've got like another lower tier Big Twelve team, and and then you play Oklahoma. When you when you come it, when you come to the SEC, that's that's just not how it works. You know, you would have gotten pushed around by Arkansas this week, followed by LSU next week, followed by Auburn the week after that, followed by I don't know. May, maybe you get lucky and you get Vandy in there, and then you get Alabama and. This is what separates the SEC. It is week in, week out. You are in the trenches fighting, and it is tough, and it is physical, and Texas, you better be ready. You better be prepared when you join the SEC because it's going to be like this every week, super physical. Oh, man, what what a weekend. So we're going to take a short break, and then we're going to take a short glimpse into what should be Judgment Day here in week three of college football. So we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back with more Shooting the Schmidt. And we're back with more Shooting the Schmidt. Just going to take, you know, five minutes here just to kind of look ahead at week three, Judgment Day in the SEC. Like, Jonathan, what is Judgment Day? What are you talking about? Florida plays Alabama, so we're going to find out a ton about Florida. Auburn plays Penn State. We're going to find out a ton About Auburn it is judgment day for Florida and Auburn all right so let's start with Florida Alabama taking on Florida I believe that the line here is Alabama minus 15 and a half and look we're gonna learn a lot about Florida there's some quarterback controversy down there Emory Jones doesn't look like he's the guy you know I know there were really high hopes people were expecting a lot out of Emory Jones this year he's not it I'm just telling you right now he's gonna get exposed this week. Against Alabama, we've already seen Anthony Richardson, backup quarterback for Florida. I'm going to be interested to see how quickly they switch to Anthony Richardson, a.k.a. AR-15, quite possibly the best nickname in all of college football. But let's be honest here. I'm not watching this game because I think it's going to be close. Alabama is going to absolutely run Florida out of the building. I believe it's, it's in the swamp. So, Florida, good luck. You're going to get... Blown out on your own turf. I'm watching this game to see what Florida does at quarterback, and we know Dan Mullen doesn't really like to play younger guys. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does with Anthony Richardson and Emory Jones. But look, like Emory Jones hasn't played great these first two weeks. You know, Anthony Richardson threw three balls against USF. Uh, I think he threw for like 150 yards and, and two touchdowns or something insane on three passes. Meanwhile, Emory Jones is out here I think he threw like two, two interceptions. He didn't look very good against USF, who is not a good football team. So I'll be interested to kind of see what Florida does at the quarterback position this week against Alabama. Now, now let's move on to the game of the week, really. We've got Auburn taking on Penn State. So let's be honest here. Auburn's looked great slapping these cup, cupcakes around. Okay. But this is Harson's real first test. Okay, he's done a really good job of creating excitement in Auburn with the amount of points that they've put up in these first two weeks, scoring 60-plus against both Akron and Alabama State. The defenses look good. They've only given up 10 points. This isn't a surprise either. Like Everybody kind of knew that this Auburn defense was going to be good this year. So, yeah, they've, they've met expectations on the defensive side of the ball. The offense looks good. Bo Nix looks really good. Penn State though, like they're riding high as well. You know, I'm gonna be really interested to see how this Penn State offense matches up against this Auburn defense because this Penn State offense has didn't look great week one against Wisconsin. They didn't score in the first half, and yeah, I'm I'm excited here. Penn State opening up as a six point favorite was really surprising. I think Auburn's gonna beat Penn State. I have not been impressed with them, and here's the thing: here is why I think Penn State is favorited. It is, at Penn State, it is a whiteout. This game is going to be absolutely rocking. Talk about one of the best atmospheres in college football. It's Penn State when Penn State's good. Okay? They're ranked number 10 in the country this week. Auburn coming in hot at number 22. And, man, I'm excited. And the X Factor here is Bo Nix. Junior, he's played in big games before. I mean, he was doing it his his freshman year. I remember going down to to Dallas to watch Auburn play Oregon. That was his first game ever, right? And obviously, you know, that's neutral site, not not the same as going on the road. But look, man, like, this is going to be a great game. I'm excited. We're going to learn a lot about this Auburn team. I know that Auburn fans have really high hopes. They've looked as good as you really probably could these first two weeks. And I just, I can't wait to learn more about this team. So we're going to take another short break. When we come back, we're going to dive into the NFL. It's the best time of the year. NFL, college football, every weekend. There's absolutely nothing like it. So we're going to take a short break, and we'll be back talking about the NFL. And we're back with more shooting the Schmidt, moving on here to the NFL. So just to give you kind of the layout, we're going to do a quick recap. And then to close the show, we're going to finish with Shooters and Divers. Really excited to get into that. So here we go. So obviously tonight, Monday Night Football, Ravens Raiders should be a good game when you consider all the injuries that the Ravens currently have. I'm excited to see Latavius Murray and Le'Veon Bell and kind of what they do with their running back situation. Super excited about that. Now let's get to the games that happened yesterday. So the Dolphins sneak out win against the Patriots 17 to 16 neither quarterback I thought looked great I know some people were really impressed with Mac Jones in his first start you know 29 for 39 281 yards touchdown didn't turn the ball over you know he played good didn't play great he was definitely the best rookie quarterback that we saw but that's not a surprise he's in New England he's got weapons and a good run game and a good offensive line so not really surprising that he's the best rookie quarterback that we saw Tua did not look great. Tua sixteen or twenty-seven, two hundred and two yards, one touchdown, a really bad interception late. But look, all these people are freaking out. You know, you've got all the people who are like, "Oh, I knew Tua wouldn't be very good." Look, it's year two, start number ten, and he's playing Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick does this to every every young quarterback. Every young quarterback struggles against the Patriots. So if you're you know a Tua supporter. And you're freaking out, don't. Okay, like this is this should not be surprising, okay? That Tua struggled against a Bill Belichick defense. Okay, like it's not that big of a deal. And look, winning's a skill, and that's what Tua's done. He's seven and three in his ten starts. At the end of the day, the only thing that matters is the W at the at the end of the game. And that's exactly what Miami got. So Miami Dolphins fans, don't freak out. They should be fine. Okay, this is one of the best defenses that Tua's gonna see. All year, okay. You know, they they have the Bills next week, so you get a little bit of a step down. That Bills defense is still good, but nothing like nothing like New England, right? Once again, really impressed with Mac Jones. Definitely the best rookie quarterback that we saw this week. So I'm not gonna talk too too much about the Eagles and the Falcons. All I'm gonna say is because they're they're in my my shooters and divers, Falcons, man, they they looked really bad. Golly, the Falcons looked awful. You know, um, man, Kyle Pitts, only only four receptions for 31 yards. They targeted him eight times. You know, we'll see kind of what the Falcons do. They're going to figure it out offensively. It's Arthur Smith. Like, we know what he did in Tennessee when he got there. It's early, though. There's still 16 games left. So, you know, if you're, if you're a Falcons fan, maybe hold out a little bit of hope. But that. I don't know how much hope you really have, I'll be honest. Steelers, Bills, we'll we'll get to them later. The Bengals open up with a win over the Vikings. Joe Burrow, twenty of twenty seven, two hundred sixty one yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Sacked five times though. That is that is a problem. Okay, like that offensive line, like I know that they love having Jamar Chase, and I know Jamar Chase looked good. Five receptions, over hundred yards, a touchdown. But, man, like that offensive line has really gotta improve. you know they ran the ball relatively well, but still, man like this offensive line it's gotta improve, especially in in that division. the Browns have a really good defensive line. The Steelers obviously have a good defensive line. the Ravens have a really good defensive line, so I just I'm worried for Joe Burrow going forward and just all the hits that he's gonna take this year, especially coming off of the a c l injury I mean it's I'm worried about the Bengals. I know they won week one. The Vikings, time to tear it down and start over. Like, you know, hold on to, to, to Jefferson as long as you can, but it's it's time to start over. 49ers squeak one out against the Lions, man. The 49ers come out. They go up 31 go, 10 going into the half, get outscored 16 3 in the fourth quarter. It ends up being a game. But look, 49ers, you know, they'll be fine. Trey Lance. Got to play a little bit. One for one w- w- with a tutty. Like, hey. So I was kind of surprised to see him on the field there. Jimmy G played well. 17-25. to 314 yards. Touchdown. Goff played okay. I just... This Lions team's going to be bad. But look. They played hard. And that is a good sign underneath a new head coach. You know, you want guys who want to play hard for their coaches. Especially when they're new and they're young. But then again... Let's be honest, it's week one. It's not hard to play. It's not difficult to play hard in week one. Okay, the question is what is this Lions team going to look like in week 13 when they're 2 and 11? And it's pretty clear that they're not very good, right? So, you know, it'll be interesting to kind of see how invested this Lions team stays kind of throughout the year. Obviously, the 49ers, we know what we're getting there. They ran the ball extremely well. Jimmy G looked good. Debo Samuel had a day. Nine receptions, 189 yards and a touchdown. He played great. Um, the, the San Francisco defense started off well. Kind of obviously got a little flaky there towards the end. But look, it's the 49ers. We knew that that they were going to be good this year. Yeah. Seahawks, Colts. Seahawks, man. This is a good football team. A lot, lot of star power. Carson Wentz for the Colts played okay, you know, twenty five for thirty eight, two hundred fifty yards, two touchdowns. I mean, the it, look, the problem wasn't the Colts offense. The Colts defense just gave up way too many big plays. Tyler Lockett is out here averaging twenty yards of reception. Like that is you, you can't give up that many big plays and expect to win. But that's that's fixable. Don't be worried. You know, if if you're a Colts fan, those are. That's an easy fix. Russell Wilson looked great. 18 23, 254 yards, four touchdowns. The Seahawks ran the ball well. You know, they ran for over hundred yards, averaged close to four yards of carry. Like the Seahawks team, as we knew coming in, they were going to be good. The Chargers, this team, I was super impressed with. The offensive line looked awesome. So the Chargers get the ball with about six minutes left to go in the game. They're up twenty to sixteen, and they never gave the ball back. The offensive line played great for the Chargers. I was really impressed with them. First round pick was a left tackle. He played really well. And look, Taylor Heineke for the for the Washington football team. He played really well. You know, he came in after Ryan Fitz, Ryan Fitzpatrick got hurt. And look, this is a Washington football team that knows that they have a chance at winning their division. Now the question is, like, can Taylor Heineke continue to play well? You know, He was 11-15, 122 yards and, and a touchdown. If he can continue to play like that, this team is more than capable of winning the NFC East, especially with this defense and Ron Rivera. The question is, can he continue to play that well? I was really impressed with the Chargers. Justin Herbert played well, threw the ball all over the field. But once again, I mean, the offensive line for the Chargers is what won them that game. So super impressed with them. I'm really excited to see kind of how they trend going forward. This is obviously they're probably not going to win their division. That's probably going to be the Chiefs, but this is definitely a team that is more than capable of playing in and even winning, you know, a, a wild card game. I'm really excited to watch the Chargers going forward throughout this year. Like I said, this team's got a lot of potential. They're young. Man, I'm I'm super excited to kind of see how they progress throughout the year. The Panthers beat the Jets. I'm not quite ready to say I told you so on Sam Darnold, and talk about how everything is Adam Gase's fault. But he looked good. You know they beat you know a Jets team that's probably not very that isn't very good. You know the team that's probably only going to win four or five games. But yeah, Sam, Sam Darnold looked good. 24, 35, 279 yards, touchdown, no picks, only got sacked once. That's a huge jump from when he was playing with the Jets. McCaffrey looked good. I mean, they did a great job of getting him the ball. He had 30 touches on the game. Like Christian McCaffrey, awesome, just absolutely incredible. Zach Wilson didn't look great. Then again, like it's week one, you know he's he's in a really he's in a tough spot with the Jets. They just don't have much around him. He got sacked six times. I mean, yeah, pray for pray for Zach Wilson, man. He's he's in some trouble down there. Texans absolutely crushed the Jags. Not really surprising. Houston has a lot of veterans, a lot of guys on like that minimum veteran contract. Just guys who want to keep playing. They have a lot of experience. Tyrod Taylor played really well. Obviously, this Jaguars defense isn't exactly great, but still, Tyrod Taylor showed up. He did his thing. Two two touchdowns, no picks. They ran the ball pretty well, averaging around four yards a carry. Mark Ingram played well. They really committed to the run. I think that's why they're able, you know, to move the ball and put up points the way that, the way that they did. But man, Trevor Lawrence did not look good. He he threw for three touchdowns, but he also threw three interceptions. You know, 28 of 51, 300 yards, three touchdowns, three picks. That is just, that is not what you want. They only ran the ball 16 times. Look, it is a tall order to ask your rookie quarterback in week one to throw it 50 times. Urban Meyer, you got to commit to the run more. That's how you win in the NFL. You have to be able to run the ball if you want to beat anybody, even if it is the Texans who... I thought it was going to be the worst team in the league. Looks like it may be the Jags. Browns, Chiefs, and then we'll take a short break. Man, the Browns are the Browns are the Browns. (laughs) They're in control, about to punt the ball away. Obviously, you know, is there still a chance that, you know, Mahomes gets the ball, they march down the field and score? Of course, punter drops the snap, picks it up, tries to run, doesn't go anywhere. You know the Chiefs get the ball on you know on the Cleveland like ten you know two plays later, touchdown to to Travis Kelsey, and yeah look, I'm just gonna say like the Chiefs they, they just don't lose in September. You know Mahomes is yet to lose a game in September, which is absolutely ridiculous. You know he was ridiculous. You know 27 to 36 over 300 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. He played really well. The offensive line struggled in the first half just like the Chiefs did, like the Chiefs did not look great in the first half. But once the offensive line kind of settled in, they played much better. They outscored the Browns 23-7 to in the second half. I mean, uh, adjustments were made, and the, the Chiefs figured out, even without Tyron Matthew, which is a big deal, Baker Mayfield played good, not great, 21-28 over 300 yards. No touchdown through a pick late. That sealed it. But, yeah, like this is, you know, the Browns are the Browns. They're going to do the things that the Browns do. So, I will, hold on, one more game real quick. Broncos look good. Uh, they beat the Giants 27-13. to Not going to go super in-depth because, let's be honest, like this is a Denver team that's going to be good, not great. This Giants team, who knows what they're going to do. I will say the one good thing, I don't think Daniel Jones turned the ball over, which is a big problem for him in order for him to kind of take the next step. Oh, never mind. He, he fumbled. He fumbled and they lost it. Never mind. <laughs> we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to close out the, the show with our shooters and divers. Cannot wait to get into it. Should be really good. So don't go anywhere and we'll be back with more Shooting the Schmidt. And we're back with more Shooting the Schmidt. Shooters and divers. I've been looking forward to this segment. all will show. So let's start with... The shooters, we will start with the guys that are on the up and up. Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay on the up and up. Watch out, man. Sean McVay has an equal. He no longer has a student in Jared Goff. He's got a full-blown, I'm going to call him a master. I think that that's definitely stretching it a little bit. But he's got a guy, Matthew Stafford, who can play. They can do whatever they want on offense. I mean, that's just kind of the reality of it. Now, look, I know I may be overreacting here. They played the Bears, who, you know, defense average at best, right? You know, they weren't super great, but, man, they ran the ball well. Stafford hit on two bombs for touchdowns. The Rams went out and signed Deshaun Jackson, who can still run, and they drafted even more speed at wide receiver. Because, look, they have Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, but those are, you know, intermediate guys, right? You know, guys who can catch and run, you know, on drag routes, and, you know, they run... Their little ends and, and hitches and things like that. But they went out, they went out, and they got some real speed. And look, this is as complete of an offense as you'll see. And we know what this defense has. Obviously, new defensive coordinator, so we need to wait a few weeks kind of to see what the defense is going to look like. But man, they look Super Bowl good. Like, this looks like a team that can really go out there and compete with anybody. Now, obviously, look, it's week one, you know, it's full of overreactions, so maybe I'm overreacting here, but. This Rams team looks nothing short of incredible. Jameis Winston, man, he looked so good. And the way that his teammates celebrated with him, I thought was a great sign. It looks like the locker room is committed to Jameis. Like, they know he's the guy. There's no there's no one out there like, you know, Taysom Hill. You know, we still have him. You know, he, he can play. There's nobody like that. This team seems like they're fully committed to, to Jameis Winston and man, he was, he was awesome. You know they 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 didn't throw the ball a whole bunch. Then again, they didn't have to. Look, you know why why throw the ball when you can run it for 171 yards and average over four yards a carry <clears throat> at the Buffalo Bills? But yeah, <laughs> Jameis Winston, 14 and 20, only 150 yards, five touchdowns. I mean, five touchdowns, no picks. You know, the, the Jameis Winston of a few few years ago, that had been five touchdowns and three picks, right? You know, we saw him throw the ball away some. I mean, he looked really good. He ran the ball well as well. You know, six carries for, for 37 yards. No picks, that's the biggest thing with him. Was really impressed with him and his d- decision-making. Yeah, look, if he, plays, if he continues to play this well, then there will be no drop-off for Sean Payton and the Saints, and obviously tip of the cap to Sean Payton. You know, he just does a great job of putting guys in positions where they can succeed. And then we're going to close out our shooters with the Eagles. Now, look, I know that the Eagles played the Falcons. We know how bad the Falcons are, but, man, they looked so good. Jalen Hurts threw the ball well, 27-35, to 35, three touchdowns, no picks. They have a real number one receiver now in – And Smith, he played really well for his opening game. You know, six receptions, 71 yards, and a touchdown. Jalen Rager looked good. He seems to have taken a step from last year. They ran the ball well. Look, you're always going to run the ball well when you have a running quarterback. It just adds so many more dimensions to your offense. Look, they averaged over five yards a carry. They ran for over 170 yards. The offense looked really good. We know what they have on defense. They got guys who can get after the passer. Obviously, that's led by Fletcher Cox, Fletcher Cox, and they have Darius Slay, a guy who can follow an opposing team's number one receiver. Like this Eagles team looks really good. I took the under on them. I may be regretting that because this team looks really, really good. Then again, week one against a bad Atlanta team, but man, they looked awesome. So to close it out, let's get into our divers. Teams that looked less than good <laughs> to say the least. And look, the Packers. They got blown out thirty-eight to three by the Saints. And they were just unprepared. Okay, like there's no reason why a team coached by LaFleur and quarterbacked by Aaron Rodgers should only score three points. Now look, I know the Saints defense is good, but it's not that good. It's not hold an elite level offense to only three points good. Aaron Rodgers had all this crap going on in the offseason, and it looks like it's carried over. And look, playing in the NFL, it's hard enough as is. Okay, It becomes way harder when you're worried about your starting quarterback's commitment. Okay, Does Aaron Rodgers want to play football, or does he want to host Jeopardy? Does Aaron Rodgers want to play football, or does he want to retire? The only thing that we know about Aaron Rodgers is that he doesn't want to play in Green Bay. That's the only thing that we know for a fact about him when it comes to football. And that's a major problem, okay? Like players, so games are won in the offseason, you know, that's said a ton. But look, players are made in the offseason, okay? And Aaron Rodgers spent his offseason complaining about his situation, trying out for Jeopardy, and going to Hawaii with his friends, okay? Look, let's look at Russell Wilson, who had some problems with the Seahawks around the same time that the Packers did. Russell Wilson comes out, he complains for two weeks, and then he shuts up, and he goes to work. He works three months just working his tail off getting ready for the season. Aaron Rodgers didn't do that. And look, they paid for it here on week one. The Bills. Okay, Bills. Come on now. They got scored 23-6 in the second half. I know I, I touched on this earlier. Josh Allen threw the ball 51 times, and there was no No reason why. Like, I get that, you know, Josh Allen's a top-five quarterback in the NFL. I get that he's – look, if I was the offensive coordinator and Josh Allen was my quarterback, I would want to throw the ball every time as well just just to watch him throw it, right, because the arm talent is insane. But There's no reason to throw the football when your starting running back is averaging 6.5 yards per carry. Like, why are you throwing the ball 51 times? There's no points. Just line it up and run it, okay? And I know how great Josh Allen can be. But look, you're up ten to zero going into the half and you've run the ball well. Like why why are you not coming out in, in the second half, continuing to run the football, shortening the game, and not even giving Pittsburgh a chance to come back? That's just that's bad coaching, and that's a good coaching staff. And I was just surprised at you know, the lack of running the football in the second half. And we're gonna close out with maybe the biggest disappointment of week one The Tennessee Titans, man, they look bad. Man, they miss Arthur Smith. They only put up 13 points. And, look, they couldn't run the ball. Derrick Henry only rushed for like 60 yards. They gave up six sacks. And, look, the offensive line has to improve. Now, I know that this Cardinals defense, Chandler Jones, J.J. Watt, Isaiah Simmons has improved. Xavier Collins has improved. Buda Baker on the back end. Like this this Arizona Cardinals team is really good. You know, we know what they have on offense. Kyler looked great. Hopkins was Hopkins. Like this is obviously a really good Arizona Cardinals team. But look, this man, the Tennessee Titans, this offensive line has to get better. Okay, like you can have the coolest toys in the world, but it doesn't matter if you don't have batteries for them to operate. Okay, and look, the offensive line powers any, any offense in the NFL. But especially the Titans because of how they want to establish the run. If the Titans cannot run the football, Ryan Tannehill will struggle. Okay, that's how it's been for Tannehill his entire career. Okay, when he was in Miami, the year that they went eleven and five, Miami ran the ball extremely well, and Ryan Tannehill played extremely well. Look, all, all these years with the Titans, they've ran the ball well, Tannehill has played well. Look, if you don't get Derrick Henry going, the Titans are going to struggle. And, man, they really got slapped around this week. But, look, we know how good of a coach Rabel is. He he'll, he'll he should write the ship. Hopefully he, he can write the ship or else there's going to be some upset Tennessee Titans fans. And, yeah, so that's going to do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to hear more from me, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Snapface tiktok whatever at j schmidt underscore four you know i post little clips here and there on on all my my social media. so make sure you know you're following me on those and yeah i'll be back on wednesday with another podcast i'm looking forward to it tonight ravens and raiders should be a good one can't wait to watch it once again thank you guys so much for for listening i'll be back on wednesday with more shooting schmidt